Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Dialogue Options Podcast with your ever-faithful hosts, Joel McDonald, that is me, and as always, my very, very good friend and co-host, Kyron Morrison. How are you doing, good sir? I am doing pretty good, Joel. Pretty good. Fantastic. Fantastic to hear. I am super happy. Why is that, Joel? Uh, uh, Because there's a a certain game that is sitting on my Switch right now that I've played a tiny, tiny bit of, uh, and it's glorious, but... We're not going to talk about that this week too much. Golf Story finally came out, everyone. Go and buy it. it the, the 45 minutes of it that I've played is magical. Go and, and buy it, it after you buy Metroid for the 3DS. Then you can buy Golf Story as a... As a oh, absolutely. As well, a I've done that, so that's fine. Yes, yeah, exactly. So you're fine. So yeah, well, you know, that's a bit of a spoiler for what we're going to be talking about mostly today. But um, it's been a pretty good week this week. School holidays at work, so that's not fun. But apart from that... It's um, funny how yeah. your opinions on school holidays change once you become an adult. <laughs> oh, yeah. So especially if you work in some sort of industry that's directly impacted by it. Or, or, or a shopping center. <laughs> if you work in a shopping center, you'll understand yeah, school holidays true. are yeah. not a good time if you are. Yeah. And we, we, we like, like fall under both of those categories. We so. certainly do. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I got my international driver's license this week. Congratulations. Which means I can legally drive overseas which also means that i can now drive mario kart around the like city of tokyo when i go to japan later this year so that will be fun um i tried that new coke coffee flavor why hey because you know what i like it i think it's quite nice i wouldn't go out of my way to have it all the time and i wouldn't replace like my normal drinking habits, but if it was there, I'd be like, you know what? I feel like one of those. It's quite nice. What I what like flavor it. is more prevalent, the coffee or the Coke? Because I don't like Coke, but I do like coffee it's, and I can just have it's coffee. It's weird. <laughs> so the thing is though, like it, it, you get that sort of like fizzy hit of like that first like sweet, kind, sweetish hit of like the coffee, uh, of the, of the, um, the Coke. And it's for the record, it's no sugar as well. So it's the, it's the, the no sugar Coke. So that's why I could drink it, which is good. Um, but the aftertaste is like this really nice, like iced coffee flavor. And I was like, this is actually kind of nice. It's weird, but I kind of like it. Um, so yeah, that's my, my, my soda review for this Your week. soda review. We are, that's yeah. not, that is not a segment we're doing. No, no. stay tuned for my Pepsi Max Vanilla. I'm, I'm going to have to, great. I'm going to have to veto this. No. Okay. Fair enough. That's fair. Um, but yeah, no, some cool stuff happened this week. Just fun stuff. Got my filthy casual shirt as well, which is good. Did anything exciting happen for you? Uh, no, as you said, as you pointed out very astutely, it's mostly been school holidays, and I've mostly been working, uh, playing a, a bit of a bit more Metroid, even though I finished it last week, which we'll get into soon. Mm-hmm. And yep. honestly, just not a uh, I, Destiny Two has sort of been gnawing away at my free time. But I've been sort of like yep. batting it away, going, no, I, no, no. <laughs> Stop. Stop it. Not because you're a bad game, just because I need to play other games that I've got, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, I, yeah. Um, well, let, let, let's delay the uh, the inevitable. Let's move into what we've been playing. Sure um, thing. You're, you've played something else this week that I, I haven't. So do you want to start with that? And then we'll dive into the big one. Sure thing. It's it's not like it's a, a flashbang new game that I, that I played, but it is a game that mm-hmm. I've been sort of lamenting not having played when it first came out. Well, not 
playing it properly. And that is Final yep. Fantasy IX, Joel. Fantastic. We got a bit of a stealth drop last week from uh, during TGS. Yeah, it's a shame that the, the classification leaked in Europe because that sort of spoiled the surprise. I, I mean, I didn't know it would yeah. come out that day, but I had an yeah. idea that it was, it was coming. But uh, So, Final Fantasy IX, funnily enough, developed, developed back in the days when Square Enix were still Squaresoft. Wow. You know, flashback yep. there. Uh, I never really... I played it on PS1. I have a copy of it over on my shelf, but I never finished it because I... First of all, the at the time, the style didn't really vibe with me. I think I was still still sticking my nose up after the gloriously anime-like designs from Final Fantasy VII and Eight. I was kind of like, what's, right. what's, what's this? What's this little chibi stuff? What, uh, please, no. <laughs> but like, again, now that I'm going back to it, and even like before going back to it upon retrospect over the last few years, like I found myself looking at it going, that's charming. It's a charming call back to... to to classic Final Fantasies. I yep. I think I was wrong, and now I'm playing it again and giving it the time it deserves. I was wrong. I was so wrong. This game is really good. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. Uh but again, it's an old game, so I won't sp- I won't spend too much time on it. But you know, classic ATB Final Fantasy. Uh plenty of main characters, but the one I want to talk about the most just because I, I his character is so interesting is Vivi, the black mage. Right. Who has a, I guess, a crisis of identity because one of the main early plot points in the game is he's a black mage. You you know what he looks like, don't you, Joel? You know, Vivi. Yeah, I do. Yep, yep. The little, like, with the yellow eyes and... Yeah, yeah, like, the, the black yep. mage, essentially. Yeah, 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 yep, yep. Uh, so there's a, there's a pretty early on plot point in the game where there's basically an army of black mages being manufactured and it causes him to basically doubt his very existence if they're all being made to fight a war is like, well, then what am I? It's like, man, Vivi, like, I didn't expect this to, this game to start off with like a gut punch. Yeah. And it's, it's laying the groundwork for years later when Nier Automata came around. Oh God. I still, like to this day, <laughs> like, cause I listened to like the end credit song in Nier Automata at least once a day or every couple of days. That oh, game is always in my head. <laughs> it's so good. Play Nier Automata, everyone. Just do it. Fucking do it. I think it hit like 2 million shipped or sold or whatever. Good on them. Yeah. Fuck Th- yeah. There's something Deserved. new coming from the Nier series, potentially, and that's exciting. G- gimme. Gimme, gimme, gimme. <laughs> I'll buy it at launch this time. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I will not ignore it for as long as I did with Automata. Uh, but yeah, so I, I didn't want to spend too much time on Final Fantasy IX. It was just, I mostly just wanted to say that I, I was wrong with my awful judgments of it all those years ago and i kind of yep. wish i'd given it the time of day because yeah i'm really i'm falling in love with not only the characters the world is the world looks nice the characters like i guess polygons or models they look quite nice this is the steam version of a game that came out recently just ported across mm-hmm. to ps4 they've actually yep. they hold up pretty well I, and i guess seven has a hard time because it's basically already lego Final Fantasy 7 so even Ooh, though yeah. they took the Steam version and put that on PS4 they're still basically Lego characters there's not much you can do Boy. there yep they're just like kind of like shapes mashed together yeah so yep um, but yeah so from what I gather 9 sort of seems to be more of a fantasy setting yeah it is more so than sort of like 7 or even 8 it sort of moves away from because 
seven and eight had their not really not not strictly not fantasy, but they were more sort of no. sci-fi in a way. Especially when, uh, yeah. seven was very much that way. Seven was like borderline like steampunky kind of yeah feel to it. Yeah. So this is sort of set in a in a more fantastical setting. There is like the rumblings of the of the steam age coming with like as an an airship being developed very early on that runs off steam power instead of like the dangerous right. mist, which uh is a massive problem in the game. Um yep. but yeah, I uh, it's again yeah, it's early days. I'm only like fifteen hours in and in a Final yep. Fantasy game that could nearly be considered like the tutorial. It's like cool, cool you've got through the basics, now you can start the real game. Yeah, or it could be 40 hours for a tutorial, like, say, Final Fantasy thirteen. Joel, we don't talk about Final Fantasy thirteen on this <laughs> podcast. Because that's a game the black that... sheep of the Final Fantasy series. It's, you, yeah, I don't... We, no, no talking about it. Drawing a line. <laughs> alright, alright. I'm sorry I brought it up. It's, it's fine. It's okay. You, did, you didn't know, but now you know, for future reference. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Don't worry. We'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. Uh, and also... Special shout out to the wonderful score by Nobuo Uematsu before he left Square as well. Uh, yeah, I still miss him, even though I loved the soundtrack in in Final Fantasy fifteen, and even twelve had a good soundtrack. I I will always miss Nobuo. He he does good music. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. But um, I'll probably I'll probably touch back on it every now and again over the coming weeks because it's not exactly a game I'm going to blow over tomorrow. No, exactly. Oh, well, um, you just check check back in with uh, Kyron's Final Fantasy yeah, IX report. Final Fantasy IX report. I did find a boss called Beatrix the other day. She's a badass. Uh, I recommend nice. just looking her up and reading about her. She's I kind of like I like her character design, and she's just tough as nails. I dig that. Awesome. She's a cool character. Awesome. Cool. Well, that sounds awesome. Um, but Kyron. Shall we do the big one? I mean, you say big one. It is one we did touch on last week, but there's a it's little true. bit of a twist it's this true. time. Yes. So, yes, Kyron, you spoke about this last week. Um, so the only thing, I, literally the only thing I've been playing this week, but a little bit of Destiny 2, um, you guys dragged me through a nightfall, and we managed to finish it on, like, like the clock on zero, zero, zero. I still again. can't believe it. Like, it's insane. It was amazing. It was our first run through it as well. Um, or we did. We had one wipe. It was like Still a fairly not bad early wipe. For wasn't it? Like yeah. One wipe. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm. I and I was. I was tripping over myself at the start, trying to get back into the swing of things. But, um, but apart from that, Karen, I finally picked up Metroid: Samus Returns. Yes. I walked into my uh, my local yes. EB last weekend um, while I was on break at work. I don't know why I went in there. Actually, I went in there and I saw they had a copy on the shelf, and I was like, huh. So I went and picked it up, and I went to the counter. I was like, do you guys price match this? They said, yeah, sure. And I'm like, sweet, I will buy this. Um, and then, yeah, I've literally played so much of this. And I have finished it. I finished it today. It makes me so happy. I was determined it makes to ha- me so happy. I was, yes, I was determined to make you proud, Karen, and have it done before uh, we recorded tonight. And you- uh, I finished it before I had to go to work tonight, So which is, which is good. You've done it. I am proud. Um, now we can, we can get into the meat of it, which is your thoughts on the game. Yes. Okay. So uh, I think my my playtime was around about thirteen hours, like just over thirteen hours. It's about what mine um, was for my first run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I really like it. I think it's great. It's fantastic. I have one or two niggles, but like, I like they're fine. They're, they're nothing that broke me away from it. Um, I think before we get into this, though, we, we are because we've both finished it now. I think we're going to go full spoilers on this. So if you are Absolutely. planning on playing, yeah, if you are planning on playing Metroid: Samus Returns and you do not want to hear anything about uh, story or the ending of the game, anything like that, um, yeah, probably tune out for the next look. Let's say fifteen minutes or so. I would say <laughs> that's, a, that's a safe bet. That's a good number. Just to be safe, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm going to start with the things that I I that that bothered me a little bit. Um, uh, I know, like it's very like a very uh, classic Metroid in terms of the fact of the way it controls. Um, but there were a couple of times where I struggled a little bit with the controls just because I like there was uh, like so many buttons I had to be pressing at the one time to do a certain thing, and I fucked it up. So it's it's partly my fault as well for being being too shit at games, um, but also. Uh, yeah, I, I, that, that was just a little niggly thing I had. Um, but that also plays into the other thing I really had. Uh, there's a boss fight towards the end of the game. I think it's like the... It's like the second last major boss fight, I would say, before the end. Um, I won't say it yet, but yeah, the end. Um, it's, a, it's an enemy called the uh, Diggernaut, I think it's called. Yeah, Diggernaut's his name. Um, and he was a prick. He was a massive prick. Uh, it's a cool boss fight. I really like the way it's designed. Apart from one minor thing, is the part where he sucks in, uh, like he does like a suck in attack, um, and if you get caught up in it, it does massive damage to you, like catastrophic amounts of damage to you. Um, but there's a part of the fight that requires you to try and drop bombs so he can suck them up, and it's very finicky going from ball mode. Uh, dropping bombs and then getting out of ball mode to try and jump over the top of it using the um the screw attack or the space jump it's called in this one I think it's um so I had some problems with that um it also didn't help that I was trying to do it at about four in the morning after I've been playing for about six or seven hours uh so there's that as well um so that those are the two major things I think that sort of really bothered me a little bit but they didn't ruin the overall experience of the game. Um, I, the, the way everything uh, controls, like, it, I, I know I said before the controls are a little bit finicky, and they are a little bit, but in terms of just moving around, it was fun, and it was fluid, and it was quick. Um, I can't wait to see this game being speed run, a speed run. Um, it's going to be bonkers, because it, it's just, it's so fast-paced, and moving from room to room is really nice. Um I like the art style of it all. I know there's a couple of people out there that I've I've seen on the internet that weren't super fan, big fans of it, um, but I quite like it. I I wasn't sure about it myself at first when I saw the the first trailers, um, but now I've played it uh, on on the 3ds screen. It looks really good. So um, honestly, like I said last week, it is incredibly important. I feel to at least play, if not all, like try a fair amount of, of Samus Returns with the 3D on, because it is the 3D that mm. really makes the art style sort of pop out and the world design yeah. sort of, like, come to life. Because without it, I can see the argument, but, yeah, it's sort of... It could be argued that it's sort of blandish 3D environments that just sort of don't really 
do much for the game. But with yeah. the 3D on, like the Wavos, you can get to a real sense of depth is so yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have it on for for most of the game, but like I did put it on uh, every now and then, especially like boss fights and stuff as well, just to see like the scale and the uh, and yeah the depth of those of those boss fights. Diggernaut um, is a great example for like having a 3D on. Yeah, that fight was great in Smurf 3D. Yeah, yeah, very very cool. I I love the way. I love the cutscenes and the way that some of the, the the different things were that the game was edited. I guess if if, if that's a, if that makes sense, um, like the finishing moves and stuff like that. Oh, like um, the, the cinematic ones. Or the yeah, like the um, what are they called? The counter attack um, moves. I really liked those. Like some of them were awesome with the um with the Omega Metroids, uh, where she like Samus like would like fire into their chest and then like flip them over and then she'd do like a flip in the air and land on their chest and then power into it again oh yeah oh so good um but yeah um i i i think it's a it's a great length as well like i mean i I think i probably spent i guess i spent the same amount of time playing this as i played or maybe a little bit more even than i played like uncharted lost legacy so if you look at it that way it's like i don't know 50 bucks for that that's pretty damn good like it's how much i pay for um for that as well so um yeah i it's just a, it's a really good game and i think it's a good swan song for me personally hopefully mm-hmm. for the like, 3ds cross those fingers jolly you like you don't know you, you, you can never predict what nintendo will be like hey such and such is coming to 3ds early 2018 and then the you'll new be fucking animal going, crossing oh, game will geez. probably be on it They'll probably be like, yeah, the next Animal Crossing. Everyone's like, oh my god, and it's like it's on the 3DS. And I'd be like, well, I'm gonna buy it because <laughs> it's fucking Animal Crossing. So I'm, yeah. I'm absolutely gonna buy it because it's great. But come on, guys. Um, but yeah. Uh, so I think the the thing that cemented my my love for this game, like the the the, the thing that really made me go. I enjoyed my time with it because I must admit I, me- I was messaging you about this when I first started playing it. Um, I think there were a factor of uh, a multitude of factors that that uh, came into play as to why I was feeling that way. Um, I was probably like one or two worlds like or like areas in, and I just hit a wall, like where I just I wasn't figuring out where I was supposed to be. I wasn't. I didn't know where I was supposed to do, like what I was supposed to do or where I was supposed to go. And it was really frustrating me. And I was like, I normally enjoy the, like the Metro games in general, but, but Super Metroid, um, Metrovania games as a whole, like I really quite like them. So I'm like, why, why? And I was talking to you about it. I think it was because I wasn't, I was feeling pretty crook on the weekend. Uh, I'd worked like quite a few long hours at work. Um, and I just don't think I was in the right mindset for it. And I was really worried for a moment there where I was like, Oh, I, I really hope it's, it's me and not the game. Um, that's not clicking with me. Uh, but then I woke up like the next day and I started playing it again and I sort of progressed a little bit more and I sort of got back on track. And from then on in, uh, digging on aside, uh, I had I was sort of like, you know, on a good run. Um, and yeah, I'd just sit on the couch and I'd you know, have Ash playing a game or a podcast running or something like that and have that oh. music playing still, though. It's fine. Had the music going. Uh, all right. Okay. Um, all right. All right. Yep. 
I hey, I was still my it still had my most of my, my like oh. the majority of my attention. Oh. So, all right, it's okay, it's fine. I no, it did. Like honestly, like I I can't tell you what I watched, like what I had on in the background. It was just background noise that I had while I was focusing on the game. So, um, but yeah, the the thing that really cemented it for me was. Uh, you kept saying to me that the last two hours of this game is like something pretty, pretty special, and you are not wrong. Um, there's some pretty cool stuff that happens, um, starting with, I guess, so all of the while you're counting down like Metroids that you're col- like basically destroying and collecting their DNA so you can move on to the next area. And there's a constant counter down in the bottom right hand corner. And I got to the part where I was like, I had one left. And I'm like, Kyron, I got one left. And he's like, you were like, what's the last, what's the last, like, boss that you fought? Like, Metroid <laughs> that you fought? And I'm like, oh, I was like an Omega line. It was fine. I got one left. Oh. And, and look, to be honest, it, there was a part of me that was like, no, it's not. There's not one left. There's something. <laughs> something's going to happen. I, I knew it. But I was like, optimistically going, oh, I got one left. Um, and then sure enough, I got to the next area and there was like the, the, the meter starts like spacking out everywhere and, um, it refills back up to like 11, I think. And I was like, all right, here we go. Um, but the cool thing about that was it was like, they were like traditional Metroids. They weren't the, like the, the, the weird ones from, from the, the earlier levels in the game. Um, and yeah, they could grab grab you and suck the life out of you like metroids do classic metroids Uh, classic metroid um and yeah so like had to destroy all those that it took me a little while to figure out my my strategy to get through it but I, i eventually got there um and then got through that and then there was a little cut scene with a certain baby metroid um that that cut scene was so great so great so like all of the stuff with the baby metroid like oh yeah all the stuff in this game with the baby was was so good especially like taking taking all of super metroid into account like everything that happens with a baby in that and like the only point of reference you really have for the baby metroid is at up before this was a, a grayscale game boy game which is fine, yeah. you know. Limitations. That's that's the gate. That's the world it existed in. But to have uh-huh. it like fully realized in three D and just behave like it did in this game was just so good. Oh yeah, very much so, very much so. Um, and yeah, like I said, that little cutscene, like where you know Samus has just been destroying these Metroids, going just I, I just want to get the fuck out of here. Like you can sort of have that 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 same sense that you were feeling as well. That's like, all right, come, come on. Like, seriously more. Oh God damn it. Um, and she like lifts her, her blaster, like her, her, um, her charge beam up to like fire at this tiny little baby Metroid. It doesn't attack her. And she sort of freezes and it starts to float around her and stuff. And that shot from inside her visor as well, where she's like, sort of like sizing it up. And then she just puts her charge beam away and it's like, oh yeah, that's great. I love it. But then you obviously have to, like, you know, it's not a timed one, but you have to escape and get out, get off the planet. Um, but 
baby Mochiro comes with you and hangs out with you. Yeah. uh, So the big thing there that's really fun to think about is you can go, once you've done that, that final boss fight, well, yeah, the final air quotes boss fight against the queen Metroid and you get the baby. Uh, There's a save point, which is all good and well before you continue on. And then that basically guarantees that when you finish a game, you can reload your save and travel around SR388 with the baby Metroid and track down those last few power-ups that you need the baby to get because there are particular blocks that it eats to sort of get rid of them for you. And I had the the time of my life just rolling around that planet with the baby Metroid just going, this makes Super Metroid so much better. I love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's really cool. It's it's this weird sort of bonding moment that you have you and Samus have with this baby Metroid and it's it's pretty special. Um and but yeah, you said you said there, Kyra, in the air quotes, final boss fight. Um So I I knew you were going to love this game regardless. Because it, it's a very good game and everyone was saying it was a very good game. But there was after finishing it now, I understand your absolute love for it. Because uh, that there is a one final boss in the game. Which I didn't see coming. Of, didn't see coming. Yeah. I had a feeling that he was going to show up, but I didn't... I sort of forgot about it by the time I got to the end. I was like, oh, I'm almost at the end. And then he popped up. Uh, th- that is, of course, uh, is Ridley. Uh, the infamous. The space pirate extraordinary. Infamous Ridley. space pirate. Um, and holy shit. That boss fight... I was saying to you before, I honestly think that boss fight is one of my favorite boss fights of all time. It's, I think it's, the level of difficulty was perfect. Um, it's exciting. It's frantic. I was holding my breath for most of it. Um, oh, for me, the big thing is, uh, uh, the last hour and a half or two hours of Metroid Samus returns is no doubt. You could just be like, it's fan service, and it is. Oh god, yeah! Like you kill a queen Metroid, you get to hang out with a baby Metroid, you get to try to leave the planet. Then Ridley attacks you, and then you and the baby attack Ridley, and it's just incredible. And normally, I'm like, if if a game starts leaning pretty heavy on fan service, I'm just like, ah, yeah, you you know what? Maybe maybe dial back. But mm-hmm. when you think about the last time we really saw Samus and Ridley was in Metroid Other M, where Samus, the character of Samus in Other M is always going to be a, a point of contention. But it's fair to say that she Ooh, wasn't yeah. the, the tough badass that most people were expecting. Exactly. And Ridley... But she was. Like, it's... Yeah. Ridley was sort of... Again, Ridley was weird. He was... Sort of grew from this little bird thing, this little white bird thing, and sort of... Mm. I ate monsters and grew up into Ridley, and it was just so strange. And it was it didn't, bizarre. It didn't feel right. And then you get to this. You've got an incredibly souped-up, powered-up Samus, who is so yep. past giving any fucks, and oh, Ridley yeah. is back, screeching away, bringing it to her, like, tossing her around a lot. It's just... yeah. It was so good to see these two characters go at one another again. It's like this is this is for Samus and Ridley. I I've wanted 
since Avaram. Like after finishing Avaram, I was just like, oh, oh boy, where, okay. where now, yeah. Metroid? Where to now? And the answer was this, apparently. And yeah, oh, amazing. Um, the best kind of fan service, though, is the fan service that is that enhances the like the the world and the source material it's trying to be fan servicey towards. Yeah, and this absolutely. Is a prime example of that. Like it makes sense. Everything that the his reasoning for being there and the baby metro reasoning for being there and all that kind of stuff, it all makes sense. And it enhances your knowledge. Uh your knowledge is much better than mine. Mine is very patchy when it comes to the Metroid <laughs> lore. But um but yeah, like it enhances it and makes it like so much better and it makes those previous stories that you already know even better by comparison. Because that's the thing. Like, in Super Metroid, when Ridley attacks Sarah's station and takes the baby, like, from under Samus's nose and flies off, you're just like, wow, that was... What what jerk. But after you play this and you've got Samus beating up on Ridley and then the the Metroid also sucking energy out of Ridley to give it to Samus as well, you're like, wow, Ridley... Like, he probably really hates this fucking thing. Like, like oh, yeah. heaps. Just a thorn yeah, in his you... side. And he gets to he gets to bust into this space station and kidnap it away for Mother Brain and take it to yep. to, to Zebra's. Like, I love that, that sort of... That little fight there, that encounter of Ridley, you feel, I feel, just increases and enhances Ridley's presence in Super Metroid and the role that the baby ultimately plays. Rest in peace, baby mm-hmm. Metroid. We'll always oh, miss yeah. you. <laughs> and it, uh, yeah it gives context oh. it's fantastic it's brilliant um but I, I think my favorite part about that fight in general was the fact that um so it's, it's obviously it's broken up into like three phases like most or three or four phases i think like most boss fights are um but in between each of those phases there was like a short cut scene of oh. of just of Samus just going to town, like just beating the living snot out of Ridley. And Ridley not giving up quite so easy either, but like some of the coolest fucking things I've seen. It was just exciting from start to finish. I, it took me a few goes to do, but I'd never got bored of it. It was still great every time. I was um, giggling uncontrollably oh. during all those little segments, like the transitions from phase to phase. Mm-hmm. where she grabs onto his tail as he flies away, so he flicks her around, oh. and she boosts at his chest and just blasts him in there, and oh, he slams her so on the good. ground, and then the baby Metroid latches onto his face to save her, and just... Yep. It was so satisfying to just... Oh, it was. To play that fight. Like, I'm probably going to go play it tomorrow mm. morning now, like, because I've got my save yep. right there. I'm going to go fight Ridley again and, like, hum that music along with the tune, because it was so good. Oh, the music was fantastic. Yeah, I oh, I love it. It and was great. I definitely the, the highlight of the game for me. I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I, you, you mentioned that you sort of like predicted or you thought he might show up. I honestly had no idea because uh, of of all the Metroid, like the core Metroid games, uh, mm-hmm. there are two games that Ridley does not appear in as a as a boss. One is Metroid Prime Two, and the other one is the original Metroid Two: Return of Samus. So. Right. As I was playing through the game, I was kind of like, cool, yeah, cool, beat the Queen Metroid. I thought something was up when you didn't immediately leave with the baby, but I was just like, oh, I mean, maybe they're just sort of 
when I walked past the blocks and I saw the baby Metroid like consume him, I was like, oh, okay, like, obviously I can go get power-ups with the baby. Fine, that's great. Right. There, yep. When you get to the surface and you're about to approach your ship and you hear that screech and the storm's raging, it's like, oh, yes, he is here. We are throwing down yep. on the surface of SR-388. This is going to be a hell of a fight. And it was. It was, oh, perfect. Yeah. So, like, I yeah, I just... I. Again, because my knowledge of the Metroid series is very patchy in terms of the lore and things like that. So, I in my mind, I was like, well, like, this is her, this is Samus's first game in, what, 13 years? Uh, well, Other M was like 2011 or 2010, oh, okay. I think. But, yeah. like, the last 2D Metroid, or you could even the ask 2D about, Metroid, yeah. The last, like, good Metroid, I don't want to be too mean to Other M, it's a fine game. But the last, like truly good metroid game was probably metroid prime 3 back on the wii which was probably yep. 2007 2006 something like that yeah yeah so like, it's been it's been far too long in between games so i just sort of thought they're gonna throw everything they've got in the book to try and make this as what it what it should be and and to bring that this franchise back into the forefront and so in my head i'm going i I wasn't like every time I'd walk into a room, I'd be like, I wonder if this is it. But like, it was in the back of my mind. I'm like, oh, Ridley's probably going to be here somewhere. But then like in those last two hours, like, uh, like fighting like the, the queen Metroid and, and like the part with all the little Metroids and then the baby Metroid, all that stuff. I was like, Oh my God, this is so good. There's great story, like great character building stuff. I really enjoy this. And I completely forgot about Ridley as a, as a character in general. And then I got to that part. And he popped up, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" I, I think I think my message to you was in all caps. It was "Holy shit!" Break! It's motherfucking Ridley, and you were just like, "Yeah!" So I, I was, I was, it was awesome. Aggressively fist pumping. Oh fuck yeah! It was it was such a great way to end that game. Um, yeah. Oh, but Joel, that's not it, the end. <laughs> oh yes, so yeah, it, 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 it was the end for me. Because I don't think I'm going to get enough time to go back. I might get enough time to go back and do the hundred percent. Honestly, it's worth it just to just to roll around that planet with a baby Metroid. It's my favorite experience. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's just going to be something I'm just going to like. I'm like, oh, I don't really feel like like I just feel like just chilling out and not focusing on anything much and just like having a good time. I might just like pop it back in and and start it up again and run around with baby Metroid. But uh, but yes, yeah, so I don't think I'm going to get this this ending but i have watched it so i can contribute to this yeah so again we did say we were going to go full spoilers so hopefully mm-hmm. you aren't listening if you want to play this game and be surprised oh, yeah. but the ridley the, talk if the ridley talk wasn't enough yeah if the ridley talk wasn't enough uh the the really intriguing thing about samus returns is there so if you get 100 percent of the power-ups in the game like you get all the missile expansions and the power tanks and energy tanks and blah 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 at the very end, you will unlock some things called Chozo Memories, which you can open up, and it's essentially like a slideshow of, Im- of images. No text, no no anything, really. you sort of got to interpret the images as you will. Yeah. But it does seem to paint the image of the, the creation of the Metroids, obviously, by the Chozo on SR388 yep. when they were encountered with the... Uh, the X-Parasites, which if you have played Metroid Fusion, you will be familiar with them. Yes. Uh, which, again, also leads credence to the fact that originally Mercury Steam apparently pitched a Metroid Fusion remake to Sakamoto and Nintendo, 
and they opted for this instead. So this might be right. a leftover little thing of that going, hey, we like fusion, we like the ex-parasites. But Just the images them f- yeah. tell the story of, essentially, the Chozos, they arrive on the planet, they extract ex-parasites from, from the creatures and go, oh, what, what, analyze the threat and sort of realize that maybe this isn't such a good thing. And then the ex-parasites start like mutating and becoming highly aggressive. So the Chozo create the Metroid. They create right. the Metroid race or the Metroid plague, whatever, whichever way you want to look at them. Yeah, uh, yeah. and that goes fine. Like they, they take out the ex parasites, all hunky dory. Then they begin mutating and getting out of control. And the Chozo are like, "Oh, geez, what do we do?" So they flood the planet, of course, naturally, as you do. Makes sense. Just flood it and lock it with your Chozo gates. Hopefully, yep. hopefully no one comes through here to do that. And or, or if they do, they're really good at killing Metroids. Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, and then the last picture originally is just just Chozo sort of... It looks like they're talking or discussing or arguing or something. And once you watch them all, a new image is revealed, which is a bunch of dead Chozo, and then one particular Chozo standing facing an army of Chozo. And there's a lot of a lot of chatter going around that potentially we could be heading towards a game where we might see live Chozo. Like, it's, it's within the realm of possibilities now. It's that would be uh yeah that would be pretty fucking spectacular because that's like we've never seen that well because seen statues <laughs> like the the duration of a metroid franchise had been believed to be extinct so we could be again it's it's one of those things where it's like if they do it i hope they do it right but it's also interesting to consider that because let's be honest at the point of fusion like metroids are basically done yeah and yeah I don't know, the franchise is called Metroid, we we need Metroids, and, you know, who knows how to make Metroids? Chozos. Well, also the Galactic Federation, they tried a couple of times, that didn't go so well. Nope, but yeah, it's, it did not. It's exciting to consider that, like, this might be a look at where the Metroid franchise heads. Like, we still have this Metroid like Prime 4 chapter. on the horizon, no clue what that'll be about at this point, it's just yeah, got a I'll name. Be... Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and a logo, that's pretty much it. And that's the thing, I, I I nearly want to wager that I don't think it'll be called Metroid Prime 4 when it comes out. I reckon it'll be some sort of tag instead of 4, but we'll see, I guess. I think, I from a, from a business point of view, I think that would be a smart idea, because I think people jumping into Metroid Samus Returns, it's a good, would you say it's a good jumping in point for the series? In a way, yes, it does, it does sort of offer... Not an easier take on the system, but like, it's sort of easier to explain. A lot of the areas feel more self-contained than, say, a Super Metroid, where you land on a planet, and honestly, you're going to be going all around and backtracking back and forth and yeah. weaving and whatevering your way through as you get different power-ups to unlock different pathways. Whereas this game yep. is very much like, all right, this is Area 1, this is sort of what you can do here, you've got to kill this many enemies here to progress bang area two and so on and so forth you can get the option of course to go back later with the new power-ups to get more more secrets and stuff but like initially it's a lot easier to sort of like explain to a player yeah i think it's um i think it's a good entry point actually personally i think it's pretty straightforward the setup's pretty straightforward um you might not have the emotional attachment 
of or the the emotional feeling towards the baby Metroid. But if you don't have any sort of feeling towards that, regardless of whether you know about Metroid or whatever, you don't have a soul because I mean it's just it's such a great moment in that game alone, let alone the the franchise and saga of Samus and and the Metroid series. But and that's yeah, the thing I think as it's well. A, like mm. the story. I think that's why they chose to have the 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 Chozo memories act as they did. The story yep. is very minimal, so if you don't feel that emotional attachment, or you don't want to be made to feel guilty that you don't feel that emotional attachment, like there's not heaps there to do it. The stuff at the end no. is cool with a baby Metroid, but you know, take it as you will if you have never played a Metroid game. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and and again with the Ridley fight as well. Like even if you don't know who Ridley is, it's still a really well-made fight like hopefully I think it, it, hopefully yeah. everyone who does that fight now agrees with me that ridley needs to be in smash brothers make it happen sakurai make it oh happen. yeah make it happen and use that character design as well from from samus returns because it looks fucking awesome he i don't want to hear that game. anyone say he's too big i want to hear it just don't want to hear it just don't want to hear it i refuse <gasps> oh boy um all right so any closing thoughts on on metroid samus returns uh what it will say is you you will be hearing for more from it on it from me in a couple of months when we're talking game of the year because holy crap this yep. game was good. Yep, I, it's definitely going to be on my list somewhere. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see where it lands um, later on in the year. But yeah, for sure, I think definitely it's it's definitely worth your time. It's definitely worth worth dusting off the 3ds if you haven't touched it for a while like i hadn't um and uh yeah busting that out again and playing it because it's it's a it's a very good game as a game but uh as a metro game it's fantastic i think and try and track down as a track down those amiibo because they are yes they are pretty good especially the squishy metroid i fucking want them so badly and i can't i i i want to believe we'll get a second wave like a second print i should say a second run because if we I don't, before I go to Japan, I'll keep my eye out while I'm over there as well. They'll probably have them over there, if only because Metroid is is well known for not being incredibly popular in Japan. Yeah, well, you know, look at the way they've treated the franchise in the past years. Well, I mean, not even, it's not even just that. Like, when the game sort of went first person, like, Japan, from what I can recall, didn't like that direction for the series. Because it's not the type of thing that they... It's not something you can play on a portable, really. Back then, it wasn't. No, yeah, like they're more they've, they've, they've sort of given they've gotten into the FPS stuff more now, so maybe the new Metroid Prime game will be okay. Assuming it plays like the the other Primes, who knows if it does? But yep. yeah, and I also Joel, I also finally got my special edition turned up last week, like the day after we recorded. Eey. Fantastic! It is a nice little collection. Shout out to my friend in the UK for hooking me up with that. Huzzah! It, like they're a, the real MVP. They are. They really are. It's got a cool little like like the screw attack emblem pin and a morph ball keychain, a soundtrack, a little art book. But like half of it is Samus Returns, and then if you flip it over, it's Return of Samus from the Game Boy, and the art sort of meets in the middle and sort of flips, and it's just so clever. That's I cool. I've, I've also seen that the the barcode on it apparently is like SR three eighty eight as well. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the it's got back, a, the steel cool. case, which is the original sort of Game Boy cartridge as well. Which again, I normally don't like steel cases, but I like that yeah. one. Yeah, oh, because it's it's relatively the same shape as a 3ds cartridge anyway. A, a box. Yeah, 
yeah, the steelcase ones. Plus, I now have a second copy of the game since I bought it digitally because I didn't want to wait. <laughs> hey, fantastic. Well, yeah. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, I know I said 15 minutes, but yeah, I was being yeah, they'll, very they'll, they'll catch on that we're still talking Metroid if they drop in. They're like, whoa, that's still Metroid. Yeah, exactly. Just keep skipping. Um, but, I, just uh, keep, yes. I just keep thinking about it, Joel, and I keep getting excited. I can't, like, the last two weeks has just been, like, nonstop Metroid hype for me. Just love it's it. It's been great. Like, honestly, it's the same for me. It's like, since I bought it last Saturday, I, like I said, I've, that's all I've played. I, is I, 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 on my days off, I've gotten up, I've played Metroid and watched TV. I played Metroid. I'd eat, I'd play Metroid, and I'd go to bed. And you know what, Joel? my day off. Mm. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't stop here. No. Because Saturday? The SNES Classic. Yep. Oh, Super Metroid. Hook it I'm in. due for a playthrough again. I'm due for a playthrough of it again. Ooh. So I think, I think I'm going to keep riding that wave. I paid mine off today, so I'll be picking that up on Saturday. Ride that Good. sweet Metroid hype. Just do it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, all right. So we got that uh, the, the, the Metroid talk out of the way. Uh, it was very very good. I enjoyed it very much. So, so Fun I think it. it's time we should dive into some news. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. So we're going to kick off tonight with uh, something that's very very fresh. Only happened about two hours ago. Um, where which is why we're recording a little bit later tonight. Um, uh, the earlier this week. Rockstar Games tweeted out uh, on a, a red picture with the Red Dead 2 font saying uh, Thursday, well, the American one was Thursday the 28th at 11am, uh, I think. Yeah, it was 11am. Um, and, yeah, which roughly translated to about 1am Friday morning for us. Um, and that was it. That's all they said. But, you know, in classic Rockstar form, everyone just lost their damn mind again. Um, Rockstar not quite as bad do, as the last time. That's like so little to get people excited. It's astonishing. Their PR guy must have the easiest job in the world. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, I just put up a tweet, done. There we go. It's like 500,000 retweets. Fucking, it's all good. That, should, that should do them for another six months. It'll be fine. Oh, God, yeah. No um, problems here. But based, yeah, yeah. So uh, at 1am tonight, we tuned in to their Twitter account and YouTube channel and whatnot. Uh, and we've got a new trailer for Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, still no release date. Still spring 2018 or autumn for us, I think. Yeah. 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 Fall yes, for it us, will yeah. be. Yep. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we it was a story trailer, basically. We sort of got little snippets about what's going on in the world. Um, still not a lot. <laughs> Pretty much, I, 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 like you were saying before, too, like before we were recording... It pretty much confirms that it's a uh, prequel. Yep. To the original Red Dead, uh, due to some characters rocking up, uh, most noticeably uh, Dutch from Red Dead Redemption. Um, but yeah, look, I, I tell you what, it the game looks fucking stunning. I can't wait to see what it's going to look like when it comes out. Because holy shit, that game looks amazing um, in that trailer. Yeah. Just something about like Rockstar and the vistas they can create. Like I'm, oh god, I'm sure that when we play the game, there'll be like little issues here and there with like textures not looking too crash hot. You know, because console, console's going to do so much, oh, especially sure. with such huge Absolutely. worlds. But just the vistas Absolutely. and like the environments and the, the lighting and oh, just 
the way that the Rockstar worlds really feel like they're alive more often than not. Yes. It just always blows me away. Like GTA five just oh, I still can't believe it's how stunning. big that world is for starters. <laughs> Yeah, and, like, I mean, even, like, looking at it running on PS3, that game still yeah. looks great on that fucking console. It's, it's ridiculous. It's I don't know how they did it. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, but I, the, the one thought that was running through my head while I was watching it was um, having played Horizon Zero Dawn earlier this year, which is visually stunning. That game is gorgeous. Um, and seeing what, the, like, a team like Gorilla can do, like, I can only imagine what, fucking crazy magic rockstar is going to pull out for um for their for their story campaign like in terms of like you said vistas and and detailed in general uh over the whole world it's amazing um i was really impressed with the character models as well um they everyone looked like people like <laughs> the faces are pretty I, I love good. That, yeah i love that we're in that age now that it's like Oh, those those characters look like actual people. That's all right. I'm a little bit more invested, a little bit more immersed in this story now, because they they look like people. Um, but yeah, uh, lots of things going on, lots of snippets of things. The part where like there's an alligator attacking like a bear. I'm pretty sure, or like a wolf or something, or a horse. I don't know. There's an alligator attack at one point in the trailer, and there's a part that where I only caught on the, sort of yep. coming out of the, the bayos as well which sort oh of, yes maybe joel maybe water won't be the death of our characters in this game fingers crossed it looks like there's a lot of like water travel like there's like there was a lot of emphasis especially in that first trailer and this trailer now as well there was lots of like boat boats in general i noticed like people going in boats and potentially yeah disembarking those those boats imagine uh, i mean a, imagine Rockstar, a red dead where you can swim Oh, well, I mean, Rockstar proved that you can swim now, that they know how to do swim. <laughs> they figured it out. They know how swim works. Um, someone so yeah, someone I mean, got I Rockstar so. their swimming lessons. Oh, yeah, exactly. They got their little gold star on the certificate, <laughs> and they're all good to go. They're all good. Um, but, yeah, like, oh, man, I'm I'm pretty hyped for, for Red Dead 2. I know I'm going to love it. Like, I just, I, anything Rockstar does generally is, especially in the last, like, six years, eight years or so, it's just been, oh, yeah, all right, I'm in. Like, Red Dead Redemption is still one of my favorite games. I, it's such a fucking awesome game. Um, and I, I'm excited to, to dive back into, even if it is a prequel, that world again and see. We still don't really know where it's set either, I guess. Yeah, like, there's some vague dialogue about them being chased from the west and then, like, across mountains and stuff, so that might be yeah. hinting at where the game will kick off. We don't know if it's going to revisit the old Red Dead areas before the events of the first Red Dead or the second That'd Red cool. Dead, depending on how you look at things. I'd be... Oh, man. Can, oh, fucking Rockstar, give us a, just a just a re-release on PS4, please. I'll play it again. It's not going to happen, Joel. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I, I, yeah, I know it's Two not going to happen. But... Because obviously Xbox One has it backwards compatible. So, you yep. know, no effort there really required from Rockstar. And also yep. to play it on PS4, you can get it on PS Now, which is pointless for Australians because it's, we can't, we can't use it. We just cannot use it. Yeah. 
But hey, if you have American thanks. internet, you can probably play Red Dead Redemption on your PS4, no problem. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good for, good for you, you fucks. Um, but yeah, like it's... I, I'm 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 super keen to 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 jump back into the, that world again. Um, do you think we'll see in in the story in the the whole of the story of the game? Do you think John Marsden will appear? I don't do want you, him to. I kind of don't want him either. If I do, if he does, because my next question was like, to what degree would you would he be in there? I'd prefer him to be a cameo. And like the very essence of a cameo, where it's like, like ah, oh, the name's Mars and John Mars, and you're like, ha, ah, cool, all right, and then move on. I and we're done. Honestly, if it's gonna be there, like maybe a name drop would be fine. Like a name drop's okay. I don't think I want to see John Marsden. I feel like, yeah, it, would, it wouldn't cheapen his character completely, but I, I feel like John Marsden's story is perfect as it is, and like sort of bringing him into this game would be like, oh, hey, it's it's John. That's he's a cool character. I liked him, but. I don't know if he needs to yeah. be here, really. It's funny and, you say that, other... like, as we were just discussing fan service so heavily with Metroid as well. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, I, see, any other company, any other developer, I would be like, oh, they're going to they're gonna shoehorn it in there somewhere. But I honestly don't think Rockstar are about that kind of stuff. Because, I mean, if you look at GTA V, like, there's really no real connections anywhere apart from, like, a tip of the hat maybe somewhere. Um, to people like Nico or I can't remember the name of the character from like from uh from three or like I don't think CJ got mentioned either. CJ might have. It would have been. I feel like it would have been weird, just given like because obviously GTA Mm. Five is set in oh what's its name, Los Santos. Los Santos, which is also where San. It's it's sort of in the San Andreas area, isn't it? Yeah, which yeah, which I think which it would be weird is. I think it's why I think there might have been a bit of dialogue between like, um, fuck, I can't remember the characters' names. Michael Franklin. No, Franklin. Thank you. Um, between like Franklin and uh, like his friend. Ah, oh, it's been so long since I played GTA Five. Um, Lam- yeah, I can't I don't remember, remember his it. name. The guy it's, who had the dog called it's Chop or whatever it was. Yes, Chop was the dog. Yeah, fuck yeah, Chop was awesome. Um. Uh, but yeah, I think there was like a bit of dialogue maybe that mentioned CJ at some point. Or, or, or at least they mentioned Grove Street, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Grove Street was mentioned at some point. And I was like, oh yeah, cool. Well, I think you could go to Grove Street. But it didn't look know. the same, so it was weird. No. Yeah, it was weird. So, uh, but but it was enough. It was like, all right, cool. This is establishing the fact that this is a world. These characters are living in a similar world. So that's fine. I, I, so I think Rockstar aren't going to go all out and be like, oh, he's John Marsden and you're going to do an escort mission with him and he's going to be a pain in the ass. Like, it's not going to be anything like that. I mean, so the other thing is, I guess, like, Rockstar have always, like, the GTA games, there's been, like, loose connections here and there. But right. Red Dead Redemption 2 is, is a prequel to Red Dead Redemption. So... That's a more yep. direct connection than I think Rockstar have ever really toyed with in the past. That's very true. Um, I think I think the reasoning behind doing it as a prequel is because the the point in time where Red Dead Redemption was set 
was a very like it was the end of the Wild West. Basically, yeah, but the West is over to. after that game. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think you could feasibly make a Wild West game that it was a sequel essentially to to Red Dead. So I think that's why they've gone the prequel route. Makes yeah, sense. definitely. Like it makes sense. So I, I don't. I think that's probably their their justification for that. Um, because it was like, well, we had to. <laughs> There's no other reason. True. There's no other way we could get around this. They didn't have to include characters, though, that we that we are already acquainted with, though. So, I don't know. That's very it, true. It'll be, yeah. it'll be interesting to see what they do. The Dutch name drop was very interesting, because it seems to be like that he's going to be a very important part of the story. So, yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll see. I'm still I'm still super excited for it. Oh, I yeah. Just give me more Red Dead. I, give I, me more Red Dead. I don't want to sound like I'm not excited, but... One no, thing no. I I think is I think I would almost have preferred if it had not been a story trailer tonight, and maybe just been like a world trailer. I don't really want to know anything about the story of this game. I just don't. Well, I mean that's the beauty of this trailer. I still don't know what the story is going to be about. It's like it seems to be like they're on the run. Don't know who from. Uh, there's there's like a house burning. Like I don't know. There's there's lots of things that, that flash up, and it's sort of like an assault on the senses almost. Um, Even the prequel and, thing, it would have been nice to sort of have that as a bit more of a mystery. But I mean, true. I mean, I guess we all pretty much, we pretty much gathered that that when they said they were making a second Red Dead Redemption, it's like, well, it's probably going to be a prequel. I just want to see more like, of the we world, Joel. I want to see more of the environment. Yeah. That's what I want to see. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't don't you worry. You'll get some. You'll get you'll get uh, screenshots and things coming out in the in like six months time. When it, like the week before the game comes out, you'll get like three screenshots and a release date. That's what you'll get in six months' time. You're probably Sometime right. Maybe no, January, February. God damn it, yeah. you are. Yeah, yeah. You'll get like a whole bunch of screens. You'll get a recut version of the trailer we've already seen, probably mashing up the two trailers they've released and a release date at the end. No Radio Gaga by Queen, though, unfortunately. So, it's. God, imagine that if they just chuck that in there. <laughs> it would be the so it. weird. <laughs> I'd kind of just be like, yeah, all right. Um, all right. Okay, Rockstar. Sure, I don't, why I, don't not? I don't know if I'd be so forgiving. It'd just be so strange. Nah, it wouldn't it'd suit. It would be weird. It would be weird. I, like, I, I, you know, I joke, honestly. But yeah, it'd be fucking weird. Oh, boy. But yeah, keep your eyes out for that one. Um, go and watch the trailer. It looks great. I mean, you probably already watched it by now. If you're into video games, you, chances are you're probably vaguely interested in Red Dead Redemption. So, and even if um, you are into video games and you didn't go out of your way to watch this trailer, it's probably been in, in your social media feed somewhere because it's going to oh, get yeah. shared so much over the next week. Oh, I haven't even opened up Twitter since the since the trailer came out, but oh, I kind of it's everywhere. It it's right everywhere. Some would say it would be a, pretty much like the Wild West out there, hey? Uh, so it's time to be announced. Time for me to announce that this podcast will now be a solo venture and Joel will no longer be a part. Ah, uh, look, I had a good run. <laughs> you it's did. Fine. Yeah. Come on, Karen. I've said worse. Let's face it. It's, yeah, that's um, true. All right, you, you're back in. You're back in. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, okay. On to some, uh, onto some pretty uh, somber news now. Uh, so earlier this week, uh, what was it? Sometime earlier this week, um, the Chinese room, uh, the developers most notably behind everybody's gone to the rapture and dear Esther. And, uh, they did amnesia machine, uh, machine for pigs as well. Didn't they? Yes. 
yes, that was them. Um, I, I pretty much uh, closing down for the time being, which is uh, pretty terrible news. It's not the type of news that we thought I'd like to report about here, but I mean, it's pretty important from a, a developer of this kind and this caliber uh, announcing closure as such. Um, yeah, I never played, uh, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. I certainly didn't play A Machine for Pigs, because no thank you. Um, See, that's the thing. I think A Machine for Pigs would have been the perfect amnesia for you, because, because it was by the Chinese room, it wasn't, like, it was, it was a horror game still. It was spooky, but it wasn't as stressful as Dark Descent, where at any point you're like, I'm gonna die. I'm going to die. Yep. In in right. Machine for Pigs, it was a lot easier to get through the story, for better or worse. Okay. Well, I mean, I might give I might give it a go, Karen, because the, the Amnesia Collection's coming to PS Plus next month. So. Oh, just in time for Halloween. Yep, yep. It's that and uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, and I'm like, I couldn't care any less about this month, unfortunately. <laughs> this is not a month for me, I'm sorry. Um Hugh was the most exciting thing I saw from that announcement. I'm like, oh, I've always been morbidly interested in that game. Sure, so why not? This is the best plus month I think they've had. Uh, look, I, I, overall, I like for for normal people. Yes, for me, I'm like, ah, eh, that's fine. I don't think I, I I can't bring myself to play through Metal Gear Solid Five again. But anyway, um, yeah. So this is some pretty pretty sad news. So, I mean, apparently part of the reason behind it is just they, they, they had the revelation that running a studio was pretty expensive, which sucks, of course, that, mm. that, that is not a great thing. And no. they were allegedly sort of looking to expand beyond the walking simulator genre. And I just want to, again, be clear, I hate it when these games, are just, they just slap a walking simulator label on them. It just, it infuriates me. It's so, it's Look, just, it, it sounds so, yeah. like, oh... Oh, I think what you need to do, Kyron, you need to you need to take it back. Take you it need back. to take back that thing and just be like, no, it's not it, it it's not a derogatory term. Walking simulator is just it it's what it is. It's like a simulator where you you're walking through and exploring stuff. I I don't personally see it as a derogatory term, but I don't like yeah, it. I, I, I it just back. consider them like adventure games. Like it's just a, it's a cinematic yep. story game. Like it's I don't know. I just walking simulator That's just right. sort of boils it down to like these two things. He goes. Uh, it's just a walking simulator. You'll walk. Yeah, but then you got to go, no, it's a walking simulator. It's exciting. You're making it sound exciting. Got to jazz it up a bit. Got you do that by not, anyway. by not labeling it as that, Joel. Jesus. That's, that's it's true. pretty easy to not do. Um, but yeah, like you said, it seems like they wanted to try and branch out a little bit. Um, they had a whole bunch of stuff on the, on the works. They had a... Uh, a Google Daydream, which is like Google's VR, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, they had a project called So Let Us Melt. I think I remember seeing something about that. It looked interesting. Um, and they, yeah, they they received a grant for a game called Little Orpheus. Um, that apparently they, they didn't get the money for. Uh, and there was a survival horror meets RPG called 13th Interior. Which sounds like an uh, amazing combination of genres. Mm, by the Chinese room, yeah. Like, that'd be interesting to see. Um, I never played Dear Esther. I always heard really interesting and good things about it. Uh, I just never played it. Um, 
but I think that was the that was the game that sort of where the the walking simulator thing originated. I think, really, that was the game that brought those type of games to the forefront. But yeah, some sad stuff here. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely sort of sad news. I guess if there's anything to take away from this, it's that they haven't given up on. I think it was Little Orpheus was one of their projects, right? Uh, so they haven't given up on that. They're sort of just the reasoning behind this move is because it's just easier to sort of not like to close the studio down, I guess, until they can sort of figure out funding for this project. So they're not, it's not forever. They're not going to vanish forever. They will come back by the sounds of it. It's just, it's unknown how long it will take, unfortunately. Yeah. it's the. I, I really hope they do bounce back. I mean, it's, the games industry is a hard one. Like it's, one minute you're on top of the world, next it's you know you're you're looking for work again. It's nuts. So um, it was it was that yeah it was actually funny reading this and like um, like it happened a couple of hours after Frictional, the guys behind Amnesia posted like a a general update on their company, and it's just so interesting right. to hear from these small developers how how they do things financially. Like they were talking about how Soma has has made of money it's made money for them now which is fantastic news oh, i love awesome. so much. yeah and it's just and they talk about sort of how they, they break down their company what 80 percent of their team is doing and then 20 percent is doing this new thing it's just like it's really interesting to get like behind the scenes look sometimes it's just unfortunately sometimes it's sad news like this oh yeah most definitely um yeah i really hope they bounce back from this and and come back swinging again uh and definitely one of the more interesting developers out there making some some interesting, uh, interesting content, which is uh, which is always good in this industry. Um, but yeah, there's more of it. That's uh, for sure. For sure, absolutely. Uh, so I mean, if anyone from the Chinese the Chinese room is listening for some reason, um, that we wish you all the best. Hope you're doing well. And uh, I, I really liked Everybody's Gone to Rapture. It was an amazing I've, game. I've got it there. I should really go back and play it. I just never got around to it. Something else came out at the same time. I think it was the plus game at the same month as like Zelda. Oh yeah, Not I think it was. Time. It was a yeah. It was around like the Switch time, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that's why I never got into it. Um, but yeah, I definitely tagged it, so I, I will go back and check it out for sure. Um, but yes, uh, and a last little bit of news this week, Karen. <laughs> you gave me warning about this beforehand. Um, Bethesda. Joel, Bethesda will mm-hmm. never stop selling us Skyrim by the sounds God, of it. God, no. It's like it's the gift that keeps on giving, even though we don't want it. It's... Oh. I mean... Oh, boy. Skyrim is a fine enough game. It's a good game. Yep. Bethesda and their... I don't want to say, like, their desperation to make money off it, because Bethesda's doing all right. They are a very successful publisher. Oh, with God, a yeah. multitude of IPs that they can do, that they're putting out. Especially in the it's, last few years, they've had a fucking really good go of it like with everything yeah. from doom to wolfenstein to dishonored and um prey like it's they've had a good run of decent content so yeah but they said keep going back to that skyrim well yeah so basically the, the gist of this news is skyrim will be receiving a survival mode right so you, you you hear survival mode and what you are what you're like oh is it this is it this yeah it's that it's basically 
if you remember Fallout New Vegas had a similar yes. feature as a difficulty setting. Yeah, it was hardcore mode or something, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. Hardcore, yeah. or it may have even been called survival mode or it survival might have been, mode. Actually, yeah, yeah. But so survival mode basically means you've got to take note of your hunger. It'll impact your stamina, etc. And there'll be fatigue. You'll be able to like the cold will be an element as well as keeping warm. Freezing yep. water will be an issue if you try to swim through it again because uh, it's survival. No fast travel. Fast travel's gone. No health regeneration. You yep. have to eat no health regen. food or level, use a spell. To level up, you've got to sleep. Got to catch, yep. some, catch some Z's. Diseases being brought in. There'll be afflictions. Yep. Shrines. That, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's changing, which is, again, it's fine. Like, this is actually the stuff that I look at and go, huh, that's really cool. But, and it's it's a thing that you can get in on now on Steam. It's an opt-in for a beta. Because it sounds like how it's going to work is you will get to try it for a week for free before it actually launches on your preferred platform, which makes it sound like you're going to have to pay for it. Yes. Um, Just in general, me personally, I couldn't care any less about these types of modes. I know a lot of people do like them. They are not why I play video games. I have a hard enough time trying to get myself to sleep and feed myself in real life. Why would I be any good at that in a video game? That's and especially because I I guarantee that somewhere out there there are mods that can do this for free. Oh, absolutely! It's it's truly confusing, Joel. Well, it's not confusing because I I bet this makes them a lot of money. And with oh, Skyrim's yeah. special editions recently coming out, like the name Skyrim is probably fresh in more people's minds. But I I don't know. I sort of did a double take when I saw this news pop up, pop up in my Twitter feed tonight. Like I just couldn't believe it. Like it's so weird because like when a game like say I don't know most recently like Diablo two had like a patch where they added in content. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like you know, that's really interesting. Or even Diablo three where they consistently releasing stuff for it. It's like, oh yeah, that's that's great. You know. It's good to see that that community is strong enough that they're still releasing content for them and everyone's enjoying it for the most part. But this is just like, really? Skyrim? Yeah, guys, you just just sold us this game like a few months ago and you're selling it to us again on Switch and VR in a few months' time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, again, I've never played Skyrim, but from what I gather, though, like in terms of a survival mode, the reason why I'd want to play a game like Skyrim is I'd kind of want to feel like an overpowered boss in a way, like... At some point in the game, like I want to get to a point where I'm like, ah, I can destroy everything. <laughs> Everybody oh, you'll get there, me. Joel. I promise you. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I want to play that game, especially in, in like a like a fantasy setting. It's like I want to be, I want to be like the king of everything. So look out, everybody! Look out, Skyrim! Here comes Joel. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird that they decide. I mean, again. I'm sure there is a market for it, and I'm sure it's a very big oh, market, yeah. uh, which is why they've decided to do this. But oh, I'm sure, weird. I'm sure, business wise, it'll work out well for them. But it's just, it's one of those things where you, again, I Skyrim came out in what 2011, 2012, yes, yeah, something like that, and it feels like they could have gotten some goodwill by maybe just patching it in. Because this is a feature that I honestly feel like should have been in the game. Or if it's going to be added to the game, it probably shouldn't cost extra. Again, the Bethesda blog post doesn't 
mention precisely that it will cost money, but the way it describes no. it makes it sound like it will. And I have seen articles implying a similar thing. So the, the wording used is very like, yeah, the fact that like you know they'll be able to try it for a, for a free for, for a week. Yeah. It's like, okay. For use free, like otherwise I would just say like trial it for a week before it goes live. But saying that you can try it for free for one week before it goes live is, yep, it makes me think that there'll be money being exchanged. That's very specific wording there, and like, um, yeah, considering how the how well I creation the creation club stuff, I don't know how well it's doing. I haven't been keeping track of it. I know enough people who aren't crazy about it because why should I buy? Bethesda fun box to then spend on mods. That doesn't, that seems silly to me. It seems like an arbitrary middleman step that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. It's so frustrating because Skyrim is a good game. Skyrim is a fun game and it's, it isn't really, it's a good game for everyone. Really. Anyone can sort of play Skyrim and get what they want out of it. Which is why it's sold so fucking well. Yeah. Yeah. And this just feels, it feels greedy. It feels too greedy. It's too greedy. And Kyron, this kind of leads back to our original topic about Metroid, about fan service again, that this, like, this is like the worst kind of fan service in a way. It's like, oh boy. Yeah, well, that's it, the thing. It, it's fan service that's not wanted, almost. Like, and like if said, it is Skyrim wanted, is a great game, yeah. If it is wanted, I guarantee fans have made mods for it already. Because Bethesda exactly. didn't include it in the game. The fact that there is a survival feature in New Vegas, I know that, I know that's by Obsidian, where like health and fatigue and food and your your carry capacity and your injured limbs is all really important. Like, how is that not a feature that was already in Skyrim? Yes, oh, absolutely. It, it's so frustrating. It, mm, yeah, it's it's very frustrating. Sometimes I sometimes Bethesda just make me slam my head against the desk and go why why are you doing this this makes no sense whatsoever i'm tempted to buy skyrim on switch i am oh i'm 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 like probably 80 90 going to buy it on switch because i never played it and i'm like cool all right i'll play it on my switch i don't care what it looks like as long as it's fun i don't give a shit um and and granted like this is an optional mode like you don't have to get this but it sounds fun and i would like to try it i mean i don't think it'll be on the switch version but it's because that's not the special edition but if it were to come to switch in the future i would want to pay for it i would hope that this would be a a difficulty setting not a a paid a paid add-on for the game it just doesn't it doesn't make sense to well it makes sense money-wise and business-wise but yeah but even then it doesn't it, it, even then, it really doesn't make sense. True. Like, like it, it's it's baffling. It, there's no like, oh, I get. The only like thing where it makes sense is like, well, we could do this and we could make more money. That's that's the only thing. It's like, all right, cool. But all these other negatives definitely impact the fact that you're probably not going to make as much money as you probably could if you just release it as a standalone thing. Because there might have been someone out there that hasn't played Skyrim or has has hasn't played Skyrim in years and wanted to buy it again, they'd see that mode and it really appeals to them. They go, oh, it's cool. It's like this free upgrade. Oh, man, I'm going to go jump into Skyrim again. I'm going to pick it up. Yeah. I'm going to buy it again. Whereas now it's like, oh, well, the only reason I wanted to play Skyrim again was for that mode and I don't want to buy the game again and then that mode on top of it. Yeah, I don't know. It's so it's so frustrating because, again, Bethesda have been doing so good but like recently 
I just feel like they're leaning too heavily on Skyrim again, and I it does make me think that maybe the new Elder Scrolls, when that eventually comes out, like that could be. It does feel like it's years away now. Like, oh yeah, we're I mean, in our Todd, second Todd wave Howard's, of Skyrim. Yeah, Todd Howard said he's like, it's not, no, don't even, don't even ask me about it. It's not a thing yet. Like it's they're they're in the very 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 early pre, uh, like pre production phases of that game if at all. So uh, um, I guess we'll settle in for Skyrim Wave 2. Oh, God. I, it's It's been such a weird year for DLC stuff. Like, I mean, there's another story that came out this week. Apparently that whole Shadow of, uh, Shadow of War DLC that was like, you had to buy, but it oh. was like the money was, was going to go Was this the one for the developer that passed away? Yes. So, and oh. th- but it was DLC, but it was only available through certain places and for certain so, countries. Yeah. So basically, yeah. the idea of that was part of your purchase would get donated to like a charity, but only in certain countries. In other countries, Warner Brothers got all that money, mm-hmm. and it was just Shadow of War is another game that I am. I am almost always angry at, and it makes me always. so sad because I love Middle Earth. And everything yeah. about that world, and even the first video game was good, but I can't get on board with the sequel. Well, they, they came out this week and said that 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 DLC is not going to be paid anymore. It's good free stuff. DLC, and I think they said they're going to contribute something towards. There's a GoFundMe account or something like that that the family has. Um, yeah, but they basically they took a couple of steps in the right direction. That's good. Um, That's a good start. They've got to yeah. get rid of those loot boxes now, and maybe, I mean, hey, fair enough. Mess with Tolkien's lore a little bit, but I will never be able to get over Lady Shelob as a lady. Sexy Shelob. Sexy Shelob is not okay for me. <laughs> What's why is that more interesting than a really cool spider? It's not okay for me because it's it's a spider. So regardless, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> I, I, nothing you could do. It's like she's a sexy lady in a bit, like, but she's also still a spider. Not okay. It's like oh, but she's a badass spider. D- spider. That's the key word there. It's not not clicking with me. Um, I have no yeah. issues with spiders, but I still remember watching Return of the King for the first time, and Shelob in that movie made me a little uncomfortable. Uh, was it because she was a spider? I mean, yeah, but just the way that they animated her movement was just like, oh, oh Jesus, that's a spider. Ugh. That's a spider, Ugh. but like a really big Ugh. spider. Oh, my skin is actually crawling, crawling, kind of. <laughs> we need to move on. But, oh. You really oh, want to talk about spiders some more? No, I don't. I really don't. I really don't <laughs> want to talk about spiders anymore. <laughs> what I do want to talk about is I want to talk about questions. That's okay. I guess we'll move on to questions then since you don't want, don't want to talk about spiders. Next nope. week, send us more questions about spiders. Nope. No, it'll be a solo episode with Kyra next week. <laughs> I will not be here. Um, no, we're going to move into some questions now. We've got some, we've got some doozies this week. Um, we're going to uh, dive into one right now. First question comes from Brennan. Brennan Hill. Uh, good friend of ours. Your housemate also. But- he is. He was on the show about a, like a, a while ago now, but he's a good he man. He was. He's due to come back. We need to get him back on. Well, Joel, we are, we are a month out from PAX. I have our That's badges. True. Who knows what will happen? Hey, we need... Yeah, we, we've got a lot of people we need to talk to that weekend. 
Oh, oh boy. boy, so many. Oh, there's lots of. There's going to be a lot of uh, Australasian Gaming Podcast Network peeps in town, so it's going to be a hectic weekend. Maybe um, I'll, I wonder if I'll have anything to yell at our good friend Brod about this time, since we had at we had our disagreements over Final Fantasy 15 last year. <laughs> hey, he still hasn't played that game. So, um, anyway. Brendan asks us, the new Assassin's Creed educational mode announcement has impressed me with the idea that top-tier studios work uh, would could double as educational projects with minimal extra investment. Are there any game-slash-subject mashups you'd like to see or games that tackle subjects that might benefit from this approach? Um, so, I mean, briefly, today, like it was, yeah, today or yesterday it was announced that uh, Assassin's was Creed was getting a... Today, yeah. Yeah, today. I was getting an educational mode, which is basically like no combat at all, was it? It was sort of... Uh, yeah, so... it's get to hang out and, and explore ancient Egypt. It's being called Discovery Tour, and in Discovery Tour, players will be able to travel around the game's entire open world, visiting locations like Alexandria, Memphis, the, the Giza Plateau, and they'll, you know, you sort of like get to look into the actual history of ancient Egypt, and that's that's really that's really cool. Like this yeah. idea gets me really excited. Yeah, it's another it's another reason why I feel like Ubisoft are just kicking goals at the moment. Yeah, um, they really are. Really kicking goals. Like they're just doing interesting stuff like this that's like nobody's doing really. I mean, like you look at things like Minecraft, which is being used in schools and things like that as well. Um, that's like a bit. That's a gimme. Like it's 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 digital Lego that you can use and you well, can also use it to teach like coding and things as well like it's it's nuts so I would I mean, say this is still different as well because that's even if yeah. that is being used to teach coding like this is being used to teach like ancient Egypt history like that's whilst you are sort of exploring the app like a digital version of that world that's that's really cool oh yeah and uh, imagine going into like a history class when you're like in like year 8 and, and they're like alright cool we're gonna play Assassin's Creed Origins today and we're gonna all Sit down and learn about ancient Egypt. I'd be like, fuck yeah, we're playing video games to learn about history. Fucking Perfect. on board. Yes, please. Tick, tick, tick. Um, I, the, the other thing that sprung to my... The first thing that sprung to my mind, weirdly, was something like maybe like a... a like a Persona game that helped you like... Like learn it, like Japanese. I don't know. I don't know why that popped into my head. But I kind of want it now. Um, <laughs> I, I, it, my brain cooked it up in like a split second, and I went, "I need this now." You, you have a habit of doing that. Like you'll come up with a game, and then you'll be like, "I don't know where this came from, but I, now I, I need it more than anything else." And it's usually Persona related because the last one was Persona Kart. So, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. That was the first thing that popped into my mind. Um, what about you? Is there anything that you can think of? In terms of uh, uh, potential educational reasons, I mean, honestly, like for a lot of educational stuff, my the Assassin's Creed franchise is perfect for it. Since oh, they absolutely are set in historical periods, like it's just it's ripe for it. So I would I would like this to be a thing they continue forward with it for the mm. franchise. I think that would be really cool. And they pride themselves on like being as accurate as possible in in certain aspects, anyway. Yeah, um, as, as accurate as they can be when they're like ancient goddesses and. St- magic apples and stuff and it's aliens, you know apparently now I yeah don't know. aliens of hair yeah the matrix essentially all that sort of stuff <laughs> good good times 
but it, like the history like you can't knock it and like it looks like the the focus in the in origins could be really good yeah for sure absolutely uh as for as for what i would pick um recently we had hellblade center was sacrifice come out yep yep and i really liked how that game presented certain issues Mm -hmm. uh and i i do enjoy myself some some of the old psychological horror games and i'd kind of like to get a look behind the curtain maybe at some of the stuff that inspires i guess some of that stuff i know that I've watched my like a couple of the old Silent Hill documentaries, and they they touch on some of the, some of the justifications behind the monster designs and all that sort of stuff, and how it relates back to psychology and like like defining what you would find as horrifying, and like referring back to Francis Bacon, like a, an artist who made these really interesting paintings. And I would I'd like to see that sort of stuff from survival horror games, sort of the psychological side of it, maybe like getting inside what makes the brain tick and how they sort of manipulate what you're seeing to make you scared. I don't know. Like that sort of stuff would be cool. That would be, that'd be, I I mean, no, thank you for me, but as an (laughs) idea in general, that's a really cool, like like a really, really cool idea. And I think that'd be very interesting. More Assassin's Creed, please. Just like this. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's such a a really, really uh, interesting concept that they've come up with. Um, Or can we get like, like, yeah. The video game version of Vikings. <laughs> uh, I, hey, God of War. Yeah, but I don't know if that'll be like because Vikings is sort of there's there's some some it's 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 got some hist- historical ties there. Well, and imagine I, maybe if, let's, let's uh, take that like, and make it a video game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, if, if, if imagine if they did the the same thing they're doing with Assassin's Creed Origins, like, but they're like, all right, here's this world, like. Here's these types of Vikings and and this Norse mythology, you know, god. Um, you know, this yeah. is what it's about. This is where he lived, rah, 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 and you sort of got to go in and explore that kind of stuff. Even with the other like God of War games, if they did that with like like all the other ones and like looked okay. at all the uh, other like mythology stuff as well, and, and all that, the, the different okay. gods and goddesses. Yeah, I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down there. That actually sounds cool mm. as well. Now, now yeah. you put it like you phrase it like that. I would be okay with that. I mean, look, yeah. I think, like, yeah, well, like, I, I think, yeah, I yeah, think, it's, uh, it's honestly just hit me. But yeah, that's something I would like. Yeah, like having like you know a mythology class about all these different different gods and goddesses. Like, um, but yeah, I mean, we've said for years, like in in everyone's mind, it's like, oh, obviously from now on, so many people are going to try and copy this idea. But just to bring up. Um, Shadow of uh, Shadow of Middle Earth again. Uh, we thought that about the Nemesis system, and no one else has done that since then. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, there's that XCOM expansion that came out this month, I think, oh, or last month yeah, that sort of does it. Yeah. But yeah, no one else. And yeah. I really like that mechanic. God damn it. Yep. Yeah, it's such a great, great concept. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Yeah. No, it was a really good question, Brennan. Thank you very much. It was convenient because I initially had the Assassin's Creed story in our lineup. Mm-hmm. This was a really good way to work it into our questions and still discuss yeah. how cool that feature is, which, again, I must reiterate, it's really cool. That's that bit of combo content there. I love it. Combo content, TM. So, trademark? trademark have, you, have, you, yeah. have you filed the paperwork for that? 
did it right now. Cause I don't believe you, but we'll pretend you did. Nah, nah, I have. Don't worry about it, Karen. It's all good. <laughs> um, and, and on to our last question this week. Comes from the one, the only, best friend of the show, Sean Kirkpatrick. He is best friend of the show. Yep. He's wonderful. We love him so much. He's helped us out so much. He's designed a whole bunch of all, all our graphic design work. He's drawn an amazing picture of us. He's a fucking talented person, and I love him dearly. We love him dearly. Um, go and check out his stuff. Um, Shawnee Boy Draws on Instagram, or... I didn't do it again, Karen. Joel. I forgot to write it down again. Joel, we've discussed this so many weeks in a row. Uh, I think it's seankirkpatrickdesigns.portfoliobox.net. We, we we have podcast notes, Joel. You can just... I, yep. So there's I, this, this is shortcut, Joel, you can do, which is like control... It's like copy, right? Control C, and then you hit control okay. P, and it will paste what you have highlighted in, and it'll just put it in the in the document. I'm fact-checking right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. Let's see if this works. Karen, I'll have you know that I have nailed it every time. Congratulations. You're lucky. correct. Sean Kirkpatrick Designs net. You can find all his amazing work there. Check it out. Uh, Sean asks us, if you could only play one genre of game for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, what a this question. is tricky. This is not fun. I don't like this. Um, because even if I love a genre, Joel, it's it's very easy to get burnt out on it if you're playing nothing but that genre. Absolutely. I agree. Um, if it was a situation where I didn't know other genres existed in video games I'd probably pick something like puzzle as a whole the very broad spectrum there um but then because I could get things like you know mindless match three puzzles or he get like you know things like puzzle quest where you've got like an RPG element to it or you could get the witness exactly you could get the witness it came out on iOS this week so if you're interested in that go check it out I might let's one day See how I go. Um, yeah, so I think that that'd probably be the one I'd go with because I there are other factions I could I could slot into there. I see. So you're sort the of loophole. cheating a little bit. Oh, absolutely! I'm 100 percent cheating, which is ironically sometimes how I win the puzzle games. So, <laughs> you know, at least you're honest. Know. Exactly. Yeah, I'm a cheater, but I'm honest about it. You know, I'm a lovable rap scallion. Um, what about you? Anything? Oh, it's like I feel like the cheap answer is to say like open world games because at least that was the other one you, I was going to go. With. <laughs> yeah, like you can sort of make your own fun in those games. Like mm-hmm. Just Cause Three is a good example of just you can just mess around in that game for hours. Oh yeah, and and there's also usually like games within games in those types of games. Um, yeah, there's like driving modes. There's like I mean, like Watch Dogs Two. There's like the multiplayer pvp stuff there's um you know bases to take down all that sort of stuff like you know and then you on top of that you've got the like you said make your own fun element so um yeah that was the other that was the other route i was gonna go was was but, open world games but apart from that i guess i would pick 
probably Metroidvanias just because they're my jam. Yep. And I that love them. You, you get to play Super Metroid and nothing else, pretty much. Yeah. Like, I could I could honestly probably play just Super Metroid for the rest of my life, and I would be perfectly <laughs> happy. Perfect. So, so you wouldn't go JRPGs? I was thinking about it, and I do. Like, JRPGs is another good answer, but so- some... I guess some JRPGs when you're playing them and you just know it's a bad story. Yeah. It it makes it hard to go through them. And as much as I love the genre of JRPGs, it sort of comes down to 50-50 more often than not. Like of, That's true. Of good stories and bad stories where it's like, well, this is really tropey or this character's really annoying or something like that. But I yeah. do love them as well. I could, I could grind I mean, for the rest uh, of my life, like just here's- to level 99. Yeah, here's the here's the ultimatum though. JRPGs are very long, okay, like notoriously long. So here's yeah. the thing: if you were only like playing JRPGs for the rest of your life, yeah, you've got plenty of time to play them. True, because you're not playing other games. Oh, now I don't know, Joel. I'm I'm messing you up all night tonight. Great. I don't know what to pick between JRPGs or Metroidvanias. What have you done to me? Uh, no, keep in theme with the with the podcast. This Metroidvania. Week. We'll go yeah, with Metroidvania. Done. done. I love it. Purely it because, in. again, as I said, I could just play Super Metroid forever. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then also you've got other things you could talk about as well because you could play other Super Metroidvanias, uh, 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 other Metroidvanias and be like, yeah, it's good. It's not Super Metroid, though. Yeah, but it's not Super Metroid, which is a perfect game. Exactly. See? Done. And eventually, Joel, I would eventually if I played nothing but Super Metroid, I would have to get good at speedrunning it. Exactly. Yeah. See that? Oh man. Okay. Perfect. See, there are positives. Perfect answer. Perfect answer for a perfect game. <laughs> exactly. You get it. You understand. <laughs> well, I reckon on that note, it's a good place to uh, to wrap up. I reckon. That what sounds good think? to me, Joel. Fantastic. I think it sounds good. Fantastic. Uh, so as always, we want to thank you for reaching this point of the podcast because it means you've, you've listened to us, to us to the end, like, and we appreciate that. It really means a lot to us if you have, because we just love talking about video games. Like, ninety percent of my day, if I'm not thinking about a video game, I'm saying something about a video game in using my voice or typing it on Twitter or, or in a group chat with you, Joel. Yeah, pretty any much any number of places. Yeah, uh, so just talking about him is fun, and I love it. And yeah, Pac yeah. is in a month, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. I'm keen oh. as hell to get there. Jam packed it'll be. Yeah, I'm bringing uh, that it, back it, again this year, by the way. Jam packed. Oh Jesus. Yes. <laughs> yes. I I'd, I'd forgotten. I had forgotten. I I never forget, Kyron. I never forget uh, a tasty pun. Excellent. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait for that to come back in a month's time. Great. Oh boy. But until then, if you want to keep up with us on the social medias, you can find us on Facebook over at Dialogue Options. You can chuck us a cheeky follow over on Twitter at Dialogue Options. If you'd like, you can send us uh, emails to dialogueoptions at gmail.com. And also don't forget that whatever podcast platform you listen to us on, don't forget to give us like a, a star rating or a thumbs up or a share or whatever the hip platforms do these days. I don't know. Review. Review, yeah, that's why right. what I assume the star ratings for Joel. Jesus, write some nice words about us as well. Share us on Twitter, hashtag us, all those yep. things. Yep, do it all. 
Uh, if you want to follow us individually, you can find me at X, where, again, I'm just mostly mostly bathing in in that post-Metroid glow and sort of just, you know, just enjoying it, just drinking it up. Fuck but, yeah. But uh, where, where, where can they find you, Joel? Uh, you can find me at Jolly Mac, uh, where I am very excited this week. Uh, it's a... YouTube channel that I really, really, really fucking love at the moment, which is uh, Sugar Pine Seven. It's a little bit weird. It's a little bit offbeat. Um, they do alternative lifestyle vlogs, which sounds weird, um, but you should check them out and watch them from the start because holy shit, some of the stuff those guys are doing are it's amazing. Some of the best shot stuff I've seen on YouTube. It's just fucking brilliant. Um, and they'll be in Australia it. next year. They will be current. I know they are, and I'm already <laughs> contemplating buying tickets to RTX for it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, they they uh, have been campaigning pretty hard and long for the last few weeks about um, being nominated for the Streamies, the like the Internet Video Awards, basically. Um, and yeah, so they've been campaigning pretty heavily. Uh, one of their cast members got another one of their cast members. Names tattooed on her on her ass. Um, the the name that she got tattooed as well is of a fictional character um, that has never been seen on camera. Is always this behind the make camera any sense to me, Joel. as well, <laughs> which is it gives you a bit of an indication of what those guys are like. Um, <laughs> but uh, basically, yeah, they won show of the year against people like Phil DeFranco and the Young Turks and things like that. Like it's amazing. I'm, I'm super. I'm overjoyed for them. So I've just been tweeting some Sugar Pine 7 love this week. I got my shirt last week, so I'm I'm, I'm part of the gang now, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, that's nice. what I've been doing. Cool. Uh, well, until until next week, we'll let our wonderful theme song by Azure Flux, Strike Witches, Get Bitches, take us out. And yeah, we'll catch you guys in about a week's time. Stay up. Bye. <laughs>